man should hear a little music, read a little poetry, and see a fine picture every day of his life, in order that worldly cares may not obliterate the sense of the beautiful which God has implanted in the human soul. Johann Wolfgang Van Gogh. In the heart of a champion. You almost went into Fonzie mode when you were saying Johann. <laughs> Johann. Oh, it's like you were serious. Yo. It, yeah. <laughs> is is Johann Wolfgang any kin to Vincent? <clears throat> no, two different uh, ways of spelling go. Hmm. And it. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm only saying what I th- think is the pronu- pronunciation of it. G O E T H E. G O E T. Goeth. 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 Anyway, Yo, it was Johann Wolfgang yeah. of somebody, somewhere. Well, that completely the, took away the drama of that uh, opening quotation there. But, but it was a great quote. It was a great quote. That's right. So we're recording again, part two, on living a deeper life, or I guess that's the uh, flip side of the coin of men in the shallows, but how to get out of the shallows, how to launch out into the deep waters. If the shallows or shallow living, is to dwell in the obvious and the easy. If it is to connect only on a surface level with others, or if it is to spend life requiring more of meaningless stuff, meaning toys, titles, treasures, then what is the deep life, and how do we get there, and how do we live there? So that's what part two is all about. How do we get into this deeper life? So what we'd like to do today is is just kind of open up the floor of discussion here, and you know all our our listeners, you know, you feel free to chime in. <laughs> um, but let's talk about what this deeper life is. Let's really focus on that side of it today, and how how what do we need to do to actually live a deeper life? Well, for one, we need to be a little more vulnerable. When a person is living a shallow life. You stay in a comfort zone. You're careful who you talk to. You're careful what you say. Where you're, which obviously there's a there's a line there. You don't want to cross. I'm not saying living a deeper life means anything goes. But what I'm saying is there is there there is a danger of being so cautious and careful and just so shallow. You never experience anything. And I think one of the big things is being a little more vulnerable, putting yourself in positions that make you uncomfortable, doing things. Um, taking leadership on things that 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 require you to work harder, uh, but in order to do that, in order to really live a deeper life, you have to take some ownership and some responsibility, and you have to also um, work at it, and it requires a lot of discipline. So you're really speaking to the relationship aspects of 
of how we integrate in life with others. Correct, correct. And and it it, it it causes a person to get out of their comfort zone. Even if you are the person who enjoys talking or being around people, if it's not a deeper life, those really aren't meaningful conversations. If you really stop for a second, it's you talking 90% of the time, saying the same things and then leaving. Or on the flip side of that coin, it's you just standing there and listening to someone but if you're going to have a deeper, meaningful conversations with people, uh, meaningful, whatever it is, you got to be a little more vulnerable. So that takes me back to where we started in Luke 5 mm-hmm. last, last time. And when you look at the, the men that were involved in that scene, you look at Simon and Andrew, James and John, Zebedee, they're all out fishing. They're, they're doing things together. And I think probably have a pretty good pretty good relationship with each other, close friends. But even then, Jesus is calling them into something deeper, and you're going to see them become something more. As a matter of fact, James, John, and Peter become that, you know, we call it that inner circle of Jesus that goes places and participates in things that the rest of them don't. Whatever happened to Andrew in that deal, I don't know, because he's the one that kicked it all off. But, hey, deeper life, deeper relationships, sharing more, of your heart with the people that matter the most. Or maybe a, a willingness to engage in some of those difficult conversations is a sign of a deeper life. You know, as you were talking, it made me think of a book that we've been reading that um, that, that Eldridge wrote, but Beautiful Outlaw, which really goes into good detail of the life of Jesus. But he's got a, I don't know if it's an entire chapter, if it's just a good portion of one chapter, where he talks about the willingness of Jesus to in love, look at people and and tell them what they need to hear. And, you know, there's typically, at least from my experience, there's two types of people. There's the people that, well, I just tell you what I think and you can like it or not. And it's it's in a rough, abrasive, arrogant And usually portrayal. very shallow. Yes. Yes. You know, there, there, so there's no building of anything there. And then there's the people that probably really genuinely love you but are scared to death to say anything to speak harm they're they're dealing with the thoughts of well if i say something satan could use that and there's insecurities and all of that but that deeper life like you were talking about coming out of your comfort zone you know it's what enables you to say hey you know what i love this person i'm speaking the truth of love in christ and they need to hear this and i'm not doing this to belittle them but to build them that's uncomfortable but man it's needful so where would you say i fall on that scale Man, this is really good coffee. No, yeah. In in all in all seriousness, I mean, I think there's I think there's definitely a, a modeling of that. Well, I didn't really want you to answer it seriously. I was just kind of joking with you. Well, yeah. <laughs> couldn't believe you're actually going to answer I mean, that well, question. It, no. To back up before we came in here, I mean, I did tell you what I was thinking, whether you cared or not. Yes. But well, then wait, wait, I, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. You told him and me. And both <laughs> You've been blasting us all both this morning. But then, but then I just want to make the point. That after I knock you down and stomp on you and kick dirt in your face, I, I step back. I say, "Now let me tell you why I did that," and I lift you up. But he, <laughs> but when when <laughs> hey, but in all, in all seriousness, I I can say this because this is one thing that even Charity and I have talked about before. You Wait know, a minute, who's to, Charity? That's uh, Easy Target's wife, yeah. Mrs. E. You haven't mentioned her since season one. Man, is that true? Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> pretty had, beat up. Yeah. <laughs> Have you mentioned Miss Roland Napoleon? Oh, yeah. Did anybody even know that there's a Mrs. Overtrek? There could never be an Overtrek if there weren't a Mrs. Overtrek. 
<laughs> the point that I was trying to uh, make the was that. The getting high, folks. <laughs> and the hands. The hands. Yeah, the hands Here we go. Going. I mentioned that Wednesday night in church at our undisclosed location that I was really going to work on not talking with my hands. Is, it didn't work. Is the undisclosed location and the church simultaneous? Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> Inquiring minds. <laughs> anyway, to know. the mystery. Was Did you never want to finish solved. the thought? Yeah, I was going to try to say no. that one of the things that I do actually appreciate <laughs> is that for as much ribbing as I get, there is definitely a difference in when it is being sat down as a, "Hey, this is something that I'm very concerned about. Let me talk to you about this." Versus, "Ah, hey, I'm just jerking your chain and aggravating you a little bit." Like, you can tell the difference in that, and I think that's a that's a quality where you can begin to tell is when people do that. There ought to be a switch, and there ought to be a, a way that you can tell, uh, yeah, this is just fun ribbing back and forth, and hey, no, this is a serious conversation. I would agree with that. I want to back the truck up here a little bit, because on the things that I was thinking about, and they're not necessarily in any particular order, but I had I had wrote down, I would mentioned to you guys when we started recording last time, that part of living a deep life was is sharing sharing that life with others. But that's the last thing on my list, and we went straight to that first, which is great. I want to back up, though, to the first thing I have on my list. I had told you I believe that living a a deeper life begins by being soulful. Let me read a passage of Scripture. It says, in Mark one thirty five, And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. That's talking about Jesus. Nobody lived a deeper life than Jesus. In that verse, I see, and we'd already talked about these things, but I see in that one verse everything we're talking about, maybe except, well, I mean, I started to say maybe except the sharing, but actually we know that that's how he was able to share with the other others because of doing things like that. Let me, let me say what I wanted to say here. I believe this whole thing of a deeper life starts with discovery. By that I mean getting interested in truly knowing yourself. Because the person who is not self-aware, doesn't know their own heart, they're going to have a hard time sharing what you just described. The person that either just lashes out or is afraid to speak is the person who really is out of touch with their soul. And we've said this before, the most, the people that will wear you out the most are the people with the least connection to their own soul. Yeah. They are hard to be around. So I, I wrote down the word discover or rediscover desire in your heart. I think for me, that's a great place to start if you want to learn how to live a deeper life. Socrates, I think it was, is the one who is at least attributed as saying the unexamined life is not worth living. Well, that translates scripturally. You know, Paul said in one place, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. So this this idea of self-examination is scriptural. And Socrates was on something when he said, if you don't know your own soul, I mean, your life's not going to be well. So I think you can't live from desire if you don't know what your heart's longing for. You can't, and living from desire is the deep place, but you can't do that if you don't know what your heart longs for. So become an explorer of your own soul. That's what I'm trying to say. And to do that, you've got to research. You've got to experience things. Experience things that waken, awaken you on a deeper level, okay? And not drugs. Yeah. Don't do drugs, kids. Yeah. But life experiences, you know, books, nature, the simple daily things of taking walks, listening to music, all that. So, I mean, 
What about what about that? What do you think when when I throw that one on the table? I think that's that's a good mark of being able to tell when you're living the deeper life because I think you'll you'll have you'll have more of an appreciation of those things you just mentioned there at the end, the the simple things in life. The the deep life that's when you begin to understand, okay, my life doesn't have to be flamboyant. Right. It doesn't have to be just man, this big epic masterful thing in order to be a rich meaningful life but waking up this morning and you know going throughout my day seeing my wife seeing my children investing in their lives going out and doing you know uh, teaching them to ride a bicycle and fulfilling my uh, my my obligations my duties and my responsibilities at my place of employment if i'm living a deep life connected with my own soul knowing what my passions are, knowing what makes me come alive, and then I'm then living through those things, then all of the routine and mundane tasks of life now all of a sudden become rich because every task that I'm engaged in has a divine purpose, which was given to me by Christ. And that's a result of being able to see that is by living that deeper life. That was a really good point. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was kind of joking in a way saying you stole my point, but no, you, you said oh. it really well because... I can't remember if if we've already mentioned this or not, but it's the mundane task. I think there's a balance because there is this misconception that having a deeper life means that you've got to go travel or you've got to go to some great school. There's nothing wrong with traveling. I mean, we do our fair share of traveling, right? I mean, I I enjoy a good trip. But the point I'm trying to make is... Cross town. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) going into town and... Wally World, <laughs> right? Anyway, <laughs> boy, man, that guy oh man, always that guy is always interrupting and just think how much deeper you are though having to deal with that. You ain't kidding. Uh, so you anyway, really got to make sure your point is well rooted. Yeah, because if it's not, it's going to get blown away. You got to make sure it's anchored. And the next thing you know, your voice is three octaves higher. <laughs> and you're slapping the table. So yeah, I would agree with that. Everything that you said, and just to drive the point home, what I was thinking about as you were talking was just about. There's a fine line between uh, wanting more out of life but trying to find it in things that are more expensive, that take you away from your regular life, that really aren't you. That's only going to be if you actually were able to do it. it. There's nothing wrong with those things, but being able to find a deeper life out of your normal, everyday activities mm-hmm. and asking yourself, okay, what am I doing on a normal, everyday basis? Is what it, you know? Am I getting straight up and going to work? Or am I getting up early, taking time, spending it with the Lord, having meaningful conversations? I I think of it this way. This may be a silly example, but it's like going out to eat. When you go out to eat every day, eventually you just don't care. You're you're going out to eat, and it's just like, okay, whatever. When it's something that's maybe once a week, or it's like, okay, I'm going to go to my favorite restaurant, you go, and you're like, wow, I really enjoy this. You're soaking in the experience. You're, you're enjoying your food. You're enjoying your company. It's because it's meaningful for you. It's something that you don't take for granted. And I think that's just life in general and trying to live it deeper. There is a balance that I hear you describing, the two of you there, in that we all agree, and I think our main point is here is that the daily things of life that fulfill us, they are in an abundance. Yeah. But what you just pointed out is that there are also the things that maybe don't fall into the category of the daily things that are worth pursuing that just kind of add that cherry on top, if that's a good illustration. 
I think that that men need to learn how to listen to their heart. You've got to learn how to listen to your heart. Psalm 37, 4, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And I want to ask you fellas this. So that's your warning. When do you know, when can you look back and say there was something deep in your heart that you desired and you went after it and, and it was fulfilled in your life? For me, I default uh, almost all the time because Psalm 37.4 became a key verse in my life on this occasion when I had spent so many years thinking about serving in the military. You know, I just, man, I grew up playing soldier like most boys do and playing war with my buddies. I mean, I was Rambo. But then the Lord called me into the ministry. And so there was a time where I hung that up and said, well, I guess you know that was that was me something i was wanting to do but god's got this other plan for me and i noticed that over the years that desire never left it was there under the surface and it would get touched here and there along the way and rise up and there came a point april of 2007 it was so heavy on me that i left a meeting that i was in and drove home just broke over that and spent the next week praying asking god to either take that out of my life or tell me I could do it. And when it was all said and done, he said, go for it. And I did. And from you know the end of 2007, November 2007, I was commissioned into the Army until two years ago, whenever it was, two and a half years ago, that I, I resigned my commission and, and walked away because I, I knew, okay, it's over, it's done. And boy, that was great. And, and I fulfilled a desire of my heart. But you won't know those things unless you're listening to your heart. So I took a long time there with my story. But have you, you guys ever experienced anything in your own life that you could point to and say, hey, yeah, I, I had an experience like this in my life? The illustration, I think, that came to my mind, because while you were talking, I was sitting there and I was, I was resonating with something that you said in the whole first half, but my story ends differently, and I'm hoping it's because there's still an opportunity in the future for mine to be fulfilled, but when I was growing up, I always wanted to fly. Like, that was something that I always wanted to do. I wanted to be a pilot. At one point in time, I was, oh, boy. Yes, I know. It's because I'm short. No, short. no, no, no. Oh, okay. I, was just thinking, I was just thinking maybe one day you'll be driving across the desert. We're, we're going out west this, this summer. Yeah. Maybe you'll be driving across the desert and stumble across a black box, open it up, find some red pajamas with a cape, and you know, believe it or not, see, you'll be walking on air. This is what happens, folks. <laughs> We tried to, he had a great point, he meaning Overtrek, and what did we do? We sat there in reverence, we listened, and it was a beautiful point. What do you fellas think about that? You're going to be in the desert one day, and you're going to see a red cape. Anyway. <laughs> Podcast gold. We'll put that in an outtake. We'll have an outtakes version this time. We haven't had an outtakes in a long time. No, we just kind of leave it all in there. <laughs> yeah, it's the actual episodes. Okay, sorry, start over. You wanted to... So anyhow, that was my goal. That was my dream. I always wanted to fly. You know, at one point in time, I thought, man, it'd be cool to go to space. Then, you know, it got to where, oh, just just flying in general. I was actually making preparations that I I wanted to join... (laughs) I wanted to join the Air Force, and I wanted to be a fighter pilot. I was talking to some family that was in the Air Force, making some preparations, getting in. Lord called me to preach. 
And I thought, well, that's okay. He's got a different plan for me. Um, you know, that's that's something he's laying to the side. Maybe he's calling me and he's going to use me in, like, missionary aviation. He's wanting me to, to do something like that. Maybe that's how it's going to tie in. Well, those, those doors kind of shut. And now I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm in the middle of God's will. I'm exactly where... I need to be. But I think that that's still something that's in the back of my mind. That's like, you know, Lord, if, if you would ever open up a door, I would still, I would love to fly. I think that would be something great to do. I, I would enjoy doing that. Now, I might get up there and do it once and be like, nope. not for me, but I, it's, that's But somewhere. you'll have done it. Yeah, and that's that's something that I said. So I guess my story doesn't have the conclusion like yours of being able to say I fulfilled it and moved on, but I can, that's what I can identify as as like that that was something that I was passionate about that I'm interested about that is still you know it's it's still there it's not like it's just a well you what know. you're pointing out and then we'll let RN go what you're pointing out is that even desire that has not been completely fulfilled needs to be hung on to i mean if it's a if it's in your heart don't kill the desire right. is what i think we need to say is it RN's turn RN go for it not a, not a republican Red. nominee but not, the not yet, anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Vote for me. <laughs> so mine's a little more, I would say, just just a, a basic thing um, that, that kind of goes to what we were talking about before. But the desire of wanting uh, to the Lord to give me a, a wife and start a family as I was younger. And one thing I will say is that I was called to preach at a, young, a younger age. A lot of the testimonies that I heard and of, of a lot of individuals who were preaching, they, they were called into the ministry later in life. So a lot of these guys that I sat under, they were called into the ministry when they were already married. So they already had their wife. and they were all, So I remember thinking to myself, well, it's going to be hard. <laughs> it's going to be hard enough for me to find a wife as it is, right? Now I got to say, hey, oh, by the way, um, I have this ministry and that ministry. So, you know, you're going to be marrying a preacher and things like that. So my desire was to find a godly wife and to have that. I didn't want just a, a standard, you know, just a, okay, check the box, let's get married, whatever. I wanted a real relationship. And I just remember a, a point in my life where I focused in on what God had called me to do, and I focused in on living a deeper life. And when I did that, that's when I met Mrs. Napoleon. And then she continued in that journey with me, and we now share that together. So that, that's just something that I wanted. That was a desire I had, but I didn't go out and try to force that. Um, it's, it was it's very rewarding when you realize, okay, this is the one that God has prepared for me, and then you, you begin to share those moments together. You have your children and things like that. So mine's a little more... Mine's a, not flying a plane or anything. Mine's a little more normal, but it is a much deeper life, right? It's a much deeper because I remember, you know, after being in the ministry for a while and becoming an adult, and it was like, okay, Lord, you know, am I supposed to be in this stage in life for for much longer? I mean, I, I want more out of life. I don't want to be just a a single man living at home anymore. I'm I, I want to have a family and build a home and take my ministry to the next level. But being able to to really pursue that, but wait for God to give it to me. Well, all of this is describing the desire, discovering desire, following through with it, staying with it, and some of it's just going to be unveiled. You know, some of it is a a deep desire that defines who you are as a man, and it's going to be 
revealed in stages throughout your life if you're pursuing it. Now, I, I don't want to completely hijack all of the direction of this, but I feel like it, it really flows right into the next thing that I had written down. I had mentioned the word spiritual to you guys, like a deep life is a spiritual life, which is not not the same as soulful, okay? And that, that distinction needs to be made. Well, here's how I'll make that distinction. Desire in your soul, desire, what you're longing for, what you're passionate about, what fulfills you. But when I say spiritual, let me use another word that starts with D. It's a devotional life. Now, again, I read Mark one thirty-five, but what you see Jesus doing here is he's getting up early in that morning and he's going off in a solitary place to pray, not to stay there on the mountain forever alone, but to come back. But it is he is prioritizing his own spiritual development. He is prioritizing soul care, if you want to say that. And for Jesus, whose life was so rich and so deep and so powerful, right here you see a, quote, secret to that life, which is that he stayed before the Father. And for him, his own soul's wellness was a priority. And, and I, I, I tell you, if we neglect our soul, everything we do in life will be shallow. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about Mark 4 last time before we closed, the parable of the sower and the different types of soil. Out of four different types of soil, only one produces fruit. That's a quarter. 25% of the seed just didn't produce anything. And so being... You know, we're talking about living a deeper life. I want to be part of that 25%, just to use that parables math, yeah. that is producing. But to do that, to really stay with the desire, you're going to need to have a devotional life where you're staying connected with God. So how, how, about, how about your devotional life? How can a man stay in that devotional life? I always go back to, to Psalm 1 and it, meditating on the law of the Lord. And then also what Paul said around pray without ceasing and staying in that attitude of prayer in my own life looking back when my heart is open like that 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 ground that you're talking about as someone who therefore ministers to others is not so much me sitting down and saying okay lord what what am i supposed to say because then you're trying to force it some of the best and most rich things that i can go back to is when i prepared my heart and I was seeking the Lord, and it was just the most random times throughout the day. I'm, I'm sure you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Whether you're jotting notes down on a post-it at work, or you're texting your wife saying, hey, this is for my next message, whatever, remember this, or you're writing down a thought in your prayer journal. What it, it's not that forceful, okay, I need my deep thought for the day. God, what you got? Mm-hmm. It's that constant meditating, whether if it's for you or if it's for you to share to others, or whether God's preparing you for your next battle or triumph or whatever it is. But for me, it is just that constant being wanting that and seeing it through the normal things of life and just at the most unexpected times, God giving you something and showing you something. What I was going to say is you mentioned there at the very end, for me it's, it's, finding, it's finding connection with Christ through everything. I think it's very easy as we live life to just get so focused on obstacles. I think for the most part, most 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 of our listeners would, would understand, you know, the big trials. 
that we need Jesus in. You know, hey, I've got a loved one that is very sick, or I'm about to lose my job, or, you know, this is a big crisis moment. Okay, I need to bring that to Jesus. But for whatever reason, I know I was guilty of this, and I think this would be a, a pretty pretty overall consensus as well. But we feel like the small trials and the and the, the just the routine obstacles that happen to everybody, well, Jesus has more important things to do than the fact that worry that my car is broke down on the side of the road, or Jesus has more important things to do than for me to go to him and talk because I've got a disgruntled relationship right now with a coworker and you know but what I'm finding is that Jesus cares just as much about those trials, and he is trying to teach us just as much in those trials as he is the big ones. He wants to be involved in every part of our life, and the deeper life is when we bring everything subject to him, meditating like you were talking about, seeing the ways, wow, here's how Sunday's message is tying into this, or here's how my morning reading is tying into this obstacle— and it is constantly refreshing ourselves in him, and it's growing and deepening, and it's doing what John 15 talks about. It's abiding in him in all things. Ecclesiastes 3.11 uh, fits right in there really well because he says that he, talking about God, hath made everything beautiful in his time. And that reminds me that we're to look at things with devotional eyes, so to speak. I mean, can we really, can we say, and I'm saying men in general listening, all of us, can we say with honesty that we're looking at the world around us and life and our daily, the daily small things, are we looking with the eyes of God's, God's here in this somewhere? Right. I want to see him in this. I want to know what God is doing in this because we've got to believe that God is involved. As you said, my car breaks down, my water heater busts yeah. and floods my basement, We've got to believe God is somewhere in this he wants to speak. He wants to teach because that is what he's always doing. He is raising up his children. And he's not necessarily causing those things to happen no. in order to teach us. He's I think a that's redeemer. A, yeah, that's another misconception. Okay, God, why did you allow this to happen? Well, no, bad things sometimes just happen because we yeah. live in a sin-cursed world. But, yeah, God, God is working and wants to work in light of everything that's going on. So I think all of this will bring me to the final thing I wanted to mention, and that is discipline. Now, that's the big D word right there, but I want to use it in a way that's encouraging here on in our discussion because the thing I'd mentioned to you guys before was I think to live a deep life, it has to be strategic. You have to really plan for it. Now, some things are happening, but, I mean, you have to condition yourself to this. So I use the word discipline to say that we need to build into our life some enriching habits that will keep us on track. One of the ways I said that in our pre-recording discussion is live in the company of inspiration. Keep yourself surrounded by other people who bring out the best in you. Books that cause you to think and develop. Have a cause that you're living for. Get out in nature. Whatever it is that inspires you, live in the company of inspiration. So I think developing disciplines in our life. Again, here's Jesus getting up early in the morning to go spend that time with his Father. We've got to have some sort of practice in our life that helps us build and, and develop this. Mm -hmm. It's got to be more than just the cliché answers, which, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the cliché answers. We ought to have the discipline of of our personal time with the Lord and things like that. But it's got to be more than just, okay, well, I read my Bible, I pray, I read my Bible, I pray, I read my Bible, I pray. And that's all that I'm that I'm doing. You know, 
it takes discipline to intentionally re-engage your focus on Jesus in the middle of a trial or to intentionally re-engage your focus on Jesus in working with your children or in communicating with your and being the right kind of witness not the obnoxious co-worker that's preaching all day and not doing their job so it takes some discipline to to bring that kind of focus in as well in that sort of way a person who is living a shallow life is someone who can flip a switch on and off and i've been guilty of that what what i mean by that is 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 someone okay so you're going to church all right let's turn our all right, let's flip that switch on. Let's be spiritual for a little bit. Okay, it's time to go out to eat. Let's turn that switch off. Let's go out to eat. Let's yell at our waitress now because she got our order wrong. Okay, let's turn it back on. It's time to be spiritual. That's very selfish because you're just, you're, you know how to act when you're at a certain place. You're associated, okay, now it's time for me to be serious. Now it's time. And what happens is you're compartmentalizing things and you're not, making the most of that experience. Mm-hmm. And when I think of living in the shallows, I think of it's, it's more of a sprint instead of a marathon. Okay, I'm, I'm running this short little race, but soon I'll be at home watching TV again. I'll be back on my phone. It's all about me. And you really don't mean for that, but that's just your behavior. That's just how you live. Yeah. But having a deeper life, you're, you're not, you're not a, you're, there's no switch you can flip on and off having a deeper life, you're looking for the Lord in more things. Is is God, what are you trying to do? So I would say for a deeper life, there's got to be more of that that organic, automatic, this marathon. Okay. And, and let, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. I, I just want to point out, too, and I probably led you guys more into thinking on the developing disciplines in relationship with God, but I, I want to point out, again, we're not just talking, I mean, it's all connected, but what, what disciplines and practices do we as men need to develop and I'm not saying let's name all this. I know we're about out of time, but I'm yeah. saying think about this. There are disciplines that we need to develop in our relating with our wives, right. in relating with our children, in relating with our own heart. You got to keep your heart beating strong and and full of life. Here's something I've said a couple times in, in the last day or two. Jesus lived in the ordinary life in an extraordinary way, yeah. and that's what I want to do. Now, uh, to the point that you were making, I was thinking about how discipline factors into our life, and it's not just that switch flipping. I was thinking about the difference between actors and athletes when it comes to like bodybuilding and fitness. We see these actors that will just, I mean, in the course of four months, they look like they have been bodybuilding yeah. their whole life. Sure. And and I don't want to take away, they, they work hard to do that. There's a lot of intensity that goes into that. But then, you know, you see them two months after that movie's released, and they just look like the average guy. And I'm sure they got some long-term benefit, but you know what I'm saying. So it was the sprint. Yeah. It was shallow for a purpose in that moment. The athlete who's got a career based on him staying strong, fit, agile, he's going to work on that day in and day out, and he keeps it going. And I think that's a good picture of what you just said and helping us understand how disciplines matter in our life to give us sticking power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a book out called the four the four pack challenge, I believe it is, and and what it is is a former uh, mixed martial artist, and the the point he's trying to make is Chell Sonnen. The point he was trying to make was a six pack is not that's not normal. He said these guys who are on magazine covers and they have these shredded abs and they have this great physique. He said those guys either A, have really good genetics, or B, they had to starve themselves mm-hmm. to get to that point. 
and it was just for that. It was just for the the point of for the shoot. Yeah, and and there's also if that doesn't work, there's a guy in the back on the computer who can add abs in for you if if he needs to, right? But what he was talking about was here's yep. a plan for. I've got an extra ab. Throw <laughs> <laughs> that one in there for me. There, there's this plan of a normal person who can actually work out and achieve that. That's the point he's trying to make. So, yeah, that's definitely. Well, I, I feel better just having that part out of this conversation that, you know, just having four abs is sufficient. Right. <laughs> we got that going for us. Yes, we got it's that nice. one. Yeah. Some people just have, you know, a keg. <laughs> right. A hangover. <laughs> anyway. Done lap. <laughs> let's wrap it up with some final parting thoughts and I just go ahead and throw mine in so I can turn the floor over to you guys. But I, I just made a note earlier. This isn't a real word. But I thought, as I was listening to you guys talk, de-distract your life. Because the distractions will, will keep us from the disciplines and the devotional-type living that helps us live after our desire. So de-distract your life as much as you can. You know, get, get rid of the stuff that's not important. Yeah, and I would say the, the deeper life is a determined life. It's, it's one that... You have you have seen what the end goal is, and you are you're determined to get to it. You're determined to do what's necessary. You're determined to engage in the difficult conversations. You're determined to remain focused. You're determined to pursue your heart, to be self-aware. All these things that we've talked about, and you're not going to be dissuaded because of difficulties and things like that, but you're going to be engaged and on point, and you're not going to be perfect at it, but you're going to fall, you're going to get back up, and you're going to keep moving forward. And don't be discouraged. You you want more out of life, and it, it gets frustrating at first. You're, it's hard to f- find those meaningful conversations. It's hard for you to learn things. Just keep pressing forward. Ask God for help. Uh, really search and seek out the deeper things in life, and God will reward that. All right. And that's um, a wrap. I guess it is. Friends, fishing, and fires family. Now, I was just thinking of the the way Jesus lived his ordinary life in extraordinary ways. I mean, he spent a lot of time with his friends, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I don't know that Jesus ever fished himself, but he was out on the boats a lot with the fellas. Yeah. I fish like Jesus. I love to be there. I love to be on the boat, but I'm just not good at it. Well, let, let's, let's do say this, though. Remember where we started in Luke 5. I mean, when Jesus wanted to catch fish... Is a boatload. I understand that, <laughs> yeah. but I, I like the I like the model that you presented. Hey, sometimes it's just good to be with the guys, even if even if you're not doing what they're doing. It's just good to be there. Parting word here: we are days. Me and the the crew that's going are days away from departure whoop, whoop. to Grand Teton National Park. So we're yeah. going to have a special episode coming up. Where we're gonna we're gonna relive meditations from Middle Teton. That's good. Thank you. Well, we had lessons from Long's Peak last year, yeah. so this will be our mm. annual uh, mountain climbing review. I'm looking forward to this episode because it, it'll it'll be good for the tables to be turned. I think I think you and I, Easy Target, need to set up a time where we can sit down, have some coffee or whatever, maybe a little Caesar's hot and ready, and talk about these serious interview questions that we're going to ask our mm. our boy over trade. Because inquiring minds want to know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Well, we hope to have some special guests that day also. That'd be good. We're still trying to try to get Quiet Man and, in quotations, Tin Man to come be with us in the uh, podcast. Goose. Matter, matter of fact, I'll be, I'll be meeting with them this evening doing a, a gear layout. 
And I'm going to go ahead and kind of toss the idea out there that, hey, fellas, you know, when we get back from this, I'm going to need you guys in the studio of the undisclosed location so we can do this for our. I think Sweet Treat would be great on the mic, personally. Who's Sweet Treat? Tin Man. Goose. See, sidekick. You know, you you, you actually should get the new trail name. What? You Um, always say that. Man who gives a thousand trail names. (laughs) No, 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 no. We already have the man of a thousand trail names. Because you gave him a thousand trail names. Well, that's that's true. (laughs) Not my fault he acts the way he does. True. Well, I mean, you fall off a ledge. He's probably listening. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Sonship. Whatever your name is. Mawatton. Don't throw away your commemorative t shirt. We still love you. Prepare to cue music because this is Overtrek saying, I got to get out of here. Happy trails to you. This is RN, not a registered nurse, Dr. Dean, Rowan Napoleon, and you, constant listener, are welcome. And this is Corey Easy Target Cantrell saying, once blah, again, blah, blah. <laughs> Boo. have a great day. In the heart of a In the heart of a champion